When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Spectrum Internet has enough speed to handle all your needs. So you can work, game, and stream with speeds up to a gig. Plus, Spectrum's advanced Wi-Fi provides enhanced security for all your connected devices. Get Spectrum Internet with fast and reliable speeds, starting at just $29.99 a month with a two-year price guarantee. Visit spectrum.com slash internet for you for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Restrictions apply. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Hi, guys, and welcome back to Uni Therapy. I am your host, Kat, and happy you guys are here. If you're new, welcome. If you are not new, welcome back. It is the week of Christmas, and if you are somebody who celebrates that holiday, then you may be feeling a lot of things. You may be stressed. You may be excited. You may be like, wait, I'm not ready. I know I'm one of those people who would love this month to drag out as long as possible because I just like the energy comes with December. So I'm a little bit sad when it gets to the actual holiday. I think that also might have to do with some of my sadness. Uh, I, I like looking forward to events a little bit more than the actual events sometimes. Anyway, we're here. Just wanted to acknowledge that. I hope everybody is doing the best they can, which I just assume everybody is anyway, when it comes to holidays and a pandemic. You know, you thought you only have to go through one and we have gotten the treat of we actually are going to get to go through all of them so anyway all in that to say we have a great episode i have a friend and a fellow therapist cammy on to talk about shame so cammy is somebody i met working a while ago at a treatment center which i feel like i talk about it all the time i promise that it's not where i meet all my friends so cammy and i met at a treatment center that we both worked in and we have kept in touch. She is now a private practice therapist in Franklin and she sees people virtually as well. So if you live anywhere in Tennessee, you can see her. But she comes on today and we talk about all the things shame. I don't want to say too much because I think the conversation does all of the good stuff. But I think you're going to be very surprised in the sense that a lot of times shame is just this bad, 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 bad thing that nobody wants to touch. And there's some power in feeling some shame. So in this conversation, we get to talk about about the difference between healthy shame and toxic shame, how to use healthy shame, and how to kind of move away from the toxic shame. I am so grateful for Cammy doing this, and I think you guys are going to love just her heart and all of the things that she has to say. If you are like, wow, that girl sounds like somebody that I can relate to, you can find her at alongsidehealing.com 
or you can find her on Instagram. We joked about this in the episode, but you can find her on Instagram. She's recently gotten a little jolt to get that going and, and moving and, and you know, you guys should go follow her to give her some encouragement to keep up with that at alongside healing on Instagram. So I hope you guys enjoy this. Shame is a sticky subject and I think we should talk about it more. So I hope you enjoy it. Share it with your friends. Follow me at at cat.defada. Follow the podcast at at you need therapy podcast. And don't forget, you can always email me questions if you have any at Catherine at you need therapy podcast.com for a chance for me to answer those on our Wednesday episodes that are called couch talks where I just answer listener questions. So I hope you guys have a wonderful week and holiday and I will talk to you guys on Wednesday. You have an Instagram. That's right. I do. And I've never done anything with it. I just wanted to like grab it, but I got to get on it. Greg is so frustrated okay. with All right, me. So we're going to start with that because the fun fact of Cami, our guest today, hi, hi. <laughs> is that Cami is my friend and I met her. This is so, I mean, I don't know if it's getting annoying to people, but I'm like, I met this person at the ranch, like everybody. <laughs> um, it's the ranch and cycle bar. But now your husband literally helps me run my life. <laughs> <laughs> me too. He helps run my life as well. <laughs> And I was just looking at this and saying that you don't have an Insta, you have an Instagram handle, but you just let it sit there in the interwebs. Okay. I do. Okay. So before we get started on. I just let it sit there. (laughs) And people keep joining. That's what's hilarious. I'm like. Folks, there's no content. Like, I heard Why this girl is smart. Like in anticipation. But okay, so we'll plug your Instagram handle if somebody wants to give you a follow. But if since you don't or you're not currently putting content there, if, I think this is gonna inspire me too. Okay, good. Okay, great. Yeah. I love that. So she's gonna. <laughs> if you guys follow her, she'll start giving you some content. <laughs> so where can people fall like find you other than Instagram? Well, can you shout out your website? Which is yeah, beautiful. So I have a practice in Franklin, Tennessee um, called Alongside Healing. And I see adults only. It's just 18 and up. You'll see as young as yep. 18 up to, okay. 18 and up. Yeah. And mostly women. Um, that really is the population I'm most passionate about and I have the most experience with. But yeah. And your website's beautiful. Alongsidehealing.com. Yeah. yeah, it's beautiful. And what would you say you specialize in for therapy? How would you describe yourself? I think a few things. Like I said, I love working with women. Um, That's mostly been my experience in my profession is working with women, definitely with trauma. Um, I love depression and and anxiety stuff. I think that's Mm -hmm. at the root of everything. So many of our issues, especially right now. And I love getting down in the trenches of depression and anxiety with people, you know, definitely exploring like what we call family of origin stuff. Mm -hmm. Like, man, why is Christmas always so hard for me? And why does it trigger this Mm -hmm. stuff with my with my mom or, you know, my siblings? I love looking at that stuff. I love putting like puzzle pieces together essentially and figuring out the root of stuff and then knowing that just because it is a root that doesn't mean that it's there forever you know like we can go in and do work around that root and there's hope in that and there's change in that wait I like that just because it's a root doesn't mean it has to be there forever I don't think I've heard somebody say that in those words okay so I will say if you live in 
Tennessee and you're looking for a therapist, I've sent you many of my friends, I feel like, haven't I? Yeah, I have. have. Yeah, yes. they all love you. So and I love them. Okay, great. <laughs> they're probably listening. So they're probably like, yes, she likes me. It's so <laughs> funny because I feel like, and I know this experience as being a client, you want your yeah. therapist to like you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. But yes. we're not going to be like, yeah, you're, I look forward. We're not going to give them that. So it's always just like a mystery in the back of our head. So now you guys know she enjoys you. <laughs> so we're going to talk specifically. I won't, we're going to go into the, the trenches of what shame is. So we'll go all over the place with that and tell stories and explain different parts of it. Now, I want to know for you, when did shame, because I don't know if I'm making this up, but I feel like nobody talked about it in school. Nobody talked about it in general. I, don't, I know I've heard the word before, but for me, it's now become something, and I don't know if it's because I'm a therapist, but again, I don't think we talked a lot about it in school, but it's become something that we speak about often now. Is that, yes. have you found that experience too? It's become more, not trendy, but like it's now out there. It is. And I think that we have Renee Brown to thank for that because mm -hmm. she is such a powerhouse in her research and her books and her talks and her podcast. She's a very, very trustworthy source around this particular topic. And she has given language to it. She has brought empathy to it. She's brought understanding to it. And we all are like, yes. Oh my yeah. gosh. That is absolutely mm -hmm. what I have been facing and why mm -hmm. I can't seem to shake it and, you know, yeah. how it shows up in my relationships and how it shows up in my day-to-day -day life. And so I think she's a big part of it. And yeah. then now we all are like, well, yeah, it makes yeah. sense. So let's it dig is, more into it. To me, it feels like now that we're aware of it, it's kind of like, I don't know when addiction first was discovered and it was called addiction, but I imagine when that happened, it was like, like, wow. And it's kind of like that, I think for shame and we're all realizing just how much it kind of is like, kind of like an epidemic, at yeah. least in our culture. I can't speak to other cultures, but in the United States, holy cow, is it wreaking havoc in our lives, all yeah. of our lives. Well, that's yeah. one thing I want to talk about is in the United States, why that is. But before we go there, let's talk about what it is and define it. And Brene Brown has done a really great job of being yeah. able to describe it and put it in, not a box, but put it in a way where we have language for it. And so yes. I want to first start with like, what is shame in your words? And then we can can use I ha I pulled the definition that Brene uses but I don't know if you would describe it differently but for you when you're expressing and you're teaching and you're kind of doing your thing how would you describe what this feeling is yeah shame can be a little bit tricky to define and that's why I think so many of us are grateful for Brene Brown's work in it is because mm -hmm. she's articulated in such a concise in digestible way. But as I have really done my own work personally and professionally in shame, what I'm coming to find is that there's two kinds of shame. There's, there is healthy shame. Mm -hmm. And then there's what we call toxic shame. So first off, healthy mm -hmm. shame, that really connects me with my conscience and my mm -hmm. humility. You know, it, it lets me know um, I've hurt myself, I've hurt mm -hmm. others, 
healthy shame alerts me to empathy and compassion also for myself and Mm -hmm. others. It lets me know that I've failed, Mm. that I've made a mistake and maybe I need to make some changes. Ooh, I'm going to stop you. Can I stop you? Okay. Because you said it lets me know that I failed. Mm -hmm. A lot of people don't want to know that. Yeah. But so why would it be helpful to recognize that I have failed at something? Well, because I think, you know, this is when shame is not just like, oh, easy breezy. I can just sit in it for 10 seconds and have it all figured out. Like I have to sit and I'm trying to think of an example of like a, a, maybe a failure. Maybe I have started a business. Maybe I've gone into a relationship. Maybe it was a school project that I failed and maybe I did all the right things in it. I did all the right things. I did everything Mm -hmm. within my control and my power and it still failed. The Mm -hmm. healthy side of shame lets me have compassion towards myself. It lets me have empathy towards myself. It communicates. This is from Chip Dodd, who also has spoken Mm -hmm. a lot about emotions and shame. And he says that shame lets us know I'm limited and I'm gifted. That gives freedom, you guys. I think so often we're like, we don't have to be perfect. And and we're like, okay, I don't have to be perfect. But perfection and coming out of perfection is an acceptance that I'm limited. I don't have all the answers. I am needy. We don't like that word. We don't like that word in the United States. But I'm needy. I'm powerless. I'm limited. I don't have all the answers. I'm not God. And so because of that, I can step into my failure look at what went wrong. Did I make mistakes? Did I do everything within my power and my control and say, oh my gosh. And now I move through that pain in a healthy way. And I reach out to others. I reach out to God, whoever, you know, your higher power is. And in those spaces, I still belong because that then takes us into toxic shame and toxic shame is a whole nother ball game. And toxic shame strips us of belonging. It strips us of connection. And it's all lies. It feels so true to us. But that toxic shame, oh man, is it so much self-rejection. It's, I'm flawed in some way. And because of that, if I'm flawed in this way, then you're going to pull connection from me. You're going to pull away a little bit. You'll, You'll reject me in some way. I won't have the same worth that I have as if I looked this way or did this thing. And that is frightening for us as human beings. Frightening, because at our core, we want to belong, right? I mean, that's at our core. Yeah, there's two things that I want to pull out of that. There's like four things I want to pull out of that we're going to start to. (laughs) (laughs) One is the humility part. That's one of my favorite things to talk about when it comes to the healthy side of shame. If we don't have shame, then to me, it's like, we're just going to be this big, bad narcissist walking around the world thinking that we are God, right? So the example one of my friends used to always give is shame makes us feel weird if we were to walk out of the house naked. Like it helps us keep in line with like who we are. So I like the idea that shame can be used as a helpful source for us to stay in line with our humanness. Yeah. I definitely want to talk about the differences between guilt and shame in that. But yes. also, what did you say about, what did you say, Chip Dodd, that thing that you just said about? Yeah, Chip Dodd, he explains shame as, and it's really the essence of humility, that it lets me know that I'm limited and I'm gifted. 
So if I yeah. just lived in my giftedness, which we love to do, yeah. we love to just sit there and think of all the ways that we're awesome and all the ways that we can help people and, and that sort of thing. But no, I also have to come into this acceptance that I'm limited in some ways. Like with my husband and I, we joke around that I'm not great at math. Like I'm very, very limited. And so with our son, when we come into that phase, that's when I know I got to bow out when the math homework comes <laughs> along. I got to bow out because I'm limited in that way. Does that make me a crappy human being or a crappy parent? No. That just means that I get to move out of the way and I get to watch something really cool happen between Greg and Graham. And then it balances us out because I'm really great at other things and Greg is limited in that way. Yeah. Does that make him a crappy parent? No. It just, we didn't get to shine and share how we've been wired with other people. But again, we have to step into it and just be like, oh man, like I'm limited in this way. That's not an indictment that yeah. we're a horrible human. It just is like, okay, I'm limited in this way. I don't have all the answers. Now, where do I go for it? Two things in that. One, it allows, and we're again, we're talking about healthy shame and then we'll move into the toxic part. Yes. But when we have this healthy amount of shame, it opens up space to be connected to other people because it, yes. it forces you to ask for help. Because if I'm limited, yeah. then I need other people, which is what you you were saying earlier about we were created to need. So if we don't have shame and we don't have humility, we don't need people. We don't have space to belong because we're going to be on an island right. by ourselves doing all the math, exactly. all the science, all the art, all the, all the reading. We're going to do everything by ourselves. Yeah. And so it allows us to need people and connect and it allows people to connect to us because yes. I know for me, it feels really good for somebody to even ask me to come fill a space for them. And when they ask for yes. help, I'm like, Oh, wow, I feel connected to you because you're asking me to, to come in and, and be a part of this with you. I don't feel connected. If somebody's like, No, I got it. I got it. I got it. It's like, well, where do I go? I guess I'm gonna go sit in the corner by myself. Absolutely. It does. It brings my vulnerability when I step into my vulnerability in the sh in healthy shame. Mm -hmm. It does. It draws people closer to to me, and we build trust, intimacy, empathy, support. Mm -hmm. Because when I'm in toxic shame, and and when something does say, "Oh goodness, Cami, you are in a dark, dark place. Mm -hmm. Like you need to go find your people," then I can step into that, and I can start to breathe. Yeah. And I can be like, okay, I'm not as awful as what this thing, thing. that I've created in my mind is telling yeah. me that I am. Yeah. Well, okay. So let's, I want to move and talk about, cause I love talking about healthy shame, but I want to talk about what toxic mm -hmm. shame is yeah. and, and dig into that. I do yeah. want to uh, read what Brene Brown defines it as. Mm -hmm. And I love that you're talking about Chip Dodd. You, uh, I'm assuming you've read Voice of the Heart. Yes, I literally okay. just finished yesterday. I think it was oh, wow. my seventh time reading that book. <laughs> and I just finished doing a group with it. Oh, um, I did a whole group around the book. And it was so powerful. Even for me, the facilitator, it always is because it's That's just powerful content. Yeah, yeah, well, I I wanted to say that because if anybody wants to learn more about just feelings in general, that book is awesome. And it's short. It's you, you can read it in a week, really, if you sit down with it probably yeah. faster than that. Okay, so Brene Brown. And if you guys don't know who she is, you got to come out out of under, come your out rock. under the rock. <laughs> come on out. It's good to come out under the rock, I promise. 
she blew up in like I guess it probably was around like 2010 2012 area from her TED talk maybe yeah and she's a shame researcher most of you are like yeah yeah we get it get to the definition but if you don't know she is she researches <laughs> shame and vulnerability I feel like she's like Oprah's best friend at this point she's amazing I agree so she defines it as the feeling that we are unworthy of love and belonging mm-hmm. and it's really simple I think that's easy to grasp and it's oh okay so when I feel like I'm unworthy of being connected to humans that's when I know I'm in a shame spiral now I want you to can you describe maybe two ways one what it feels like to have toxic shame and maybe how you Mm -hmm. spot it as a therapist how you spot it in clients Mm -hmm. how do you know like oh gosh we gotta we gotta dig you up out of this shame is we don't like it I will say that we don't like it. I don't think I've encountered any human being that's like, ooh, this is awesome. Even healthy shame. Even healthy shame. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think that's a really great point. But there's a heaviness to shame, uh, toxic shame especially. Um, I think a lot of people will use words like, I'm drowning, I'm paralyzed, I feel stuck, I'm suffocating. It's consuming. I can't get it to stop. Um, it feels like I'm like on this like hamster wheel and I just can't, mm-hmm. I can't get the hamster wheel to stop. So I feel like there's a heaviness to it and it is brutal. A lot of times I will check in with my clients and I will say things like, you know, I'm curious if the things that you're saying right now, would you ever say those to the person you're closest to? Or would you say these things to a small child? And they're like, well, absolutely not. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay, bingo. That's toxic shame because it is so harsh. And it is, Mm -hmm. like I said, there's a brutality to Mm -hmm. it. And yet, even in the harshness and brutality of it, we all do it. Like you can't escape toxic shame. It's like, we just can't. It's going to happen to us. Well, why do you think that we, because I think that shame can be somewhat addicting and and when we're, when we're the one in it, it's, it's hard to hear the outside voices that are saying like, what? No, that's not true. But why do you think that we get so stuck in it? Because we don't like it. We don't like what it feels Mm -hmm. like, but then we just allow, we don't allow ourselves, but we get like rooted, like you used earlier, we get rooted mm-hmm. in it. And so what do you think is attractive? And this might sound weird to some people. What do you think is attractive about sitting in a toxic shame spiral? Yeah, I think for so many of us, we learn those toxic shame messages. And typically, I'd say the majority of us have four, five, six constant messages that just always ring in our ears and we have known those messages since we were little Mm. four five six and so it feels frightening to be without those messages even though we know they're yucky messages it feels like well this is all i've known but the other thing is is i'll use a personal example so For me, I learned from a really young age, it was praised in me that I was so independent. I mean, that Mm. was just praised by everybody around me, not just my, my parents, but teachers, people at church, people in the community, babysitters, you name it, they affirmed that in me, that I was independent. But what that communicated to me is, Okay, Cammie, whenever you need help, whenever you're helpless, whenever you're powerless, whenever you are needy, and I mean that in a good way, needy, you got to somehow figure that out on your own because you've been praised for your independence. It, it offered me counterfeit. Mm-hmm. It was all counterfeit. 
but it offered me, it met my needs in some, you know, not great way. And so now, even as I'm approaching 38, I still have to sit with myself and be like, why, why am I struggling to reach out for help? Oh, it's because I'm believing those lies that I have known Mm -hmm. since I was four, five, six years old, and that I've trusted to be the truth that you're good if you do it on your own, you're good if you're independent, you're not so good if you do reach out and ask for help. Like there's something wrong with you if you do that, Mm -hmm. Cammie. So it's black and whiteness of I'm good if I do, I'm bad if I like that's the black and white part, which tying back into what you were saying about I'm limited and I'm gifted is to Mm -hmm. really live in your humanness. You have to have both. And so, yeah, you're great. And sometimes you're not. That's a, so that's a great, I think that's an example that I think a lot of people are going to be able to relate to. I wonder though, how were you able to pull yourself out of that? Like, how were you able to fight that messaging? Cause you're right. Like the messages that we cling on to that we learn from the world as, as a kid and an adolescent, as we grow up, they're solidified. They might not feel good, but they feel comfortable and comfortable feels good. Right, right. You know, I think for me, it it had to be me hitting some rock bottoms. You know, I went through a very, very dark depression. Let's see, I think about 12, 13 years ago. It was a very, mm-hmm. very dark depression. And mm-hmm. thankfully, in my rock bottomness. I reached out to a therapist and I reached out to a couple friends and they could hear the darkness Mm -hmm. in what I was saying. And so because of that, they then were able to reflect support and say, Cammy, like something's got to give here. Mm -hmm. We care about you way, way, way too much. And so then once I started to, to actually talk about it and to admit my powerlessness and to admit my helplessness and my depression, then it all started to make sense for me. And I was able to piece together how stories from five years old were still charging Mm -hmm. at me in my depression. And I just was like, oh my gosh. And so now, again, I think that was maybe 12, 13 years ago. Mm -hmm. So now through a lot of work, for a lot of work, you know, I'm, I'm able to quicker identify it. Mm-hmm. You know, even before this podcast, I was feeling nervous and I hesitated to reach out to a couple friends and just say, I'm going to do this podcast. I'm feeling a little nervous about it. You know, will you pray for me? That's all I asked or I wanted to ask. And I could feel the hesitation be like, don't do that. You're fine. It's not that big of a deal, Cammy. And I did it anyways. And then they reached out and it was no big deal. They offered me support in that moment. They mm-hmm. offered me encouragement. Bing, bang, boom. We're done. We've moved yeah. through it. Yeah. And so again, 12, 13 years ago, oh my gosh, it was like moving through sludge, you know? Yeah. Well, and you know, yeah. you know this obviously, but shame feeds off of silence. That's like the number one, like oh. food that it loves to g- gobble up. And so a hundred percent and to even widen that, I think what Brene says is it feeds, it feeds off of secrecy, silence, and then secrecy. judgment. And yep. you're talking about, okay, I'm not going to keep my shame a secret because so many of us, and I don't think it's on purpose. I think it's just because we're maybe taught like don't talk about your stuff but Mm -hmm. or like again nobody wants to hear that or that means if you're struggling that means something's wrong with you but I think so many of us keep those stories hidden inside of us only for us to feel and by doing that you're sending yourself the message that that is a bad thing and then the only thing that can happen there is it gets bigger and bigger and bigger you can't have like a truth teller come in and help sort that out if you're not talking about it exactly 
because you can't in the beginning stages of you exploring your toxic shame i think it is impossible for you to be a truth teller in your life mm -hmm. it has to be somebody yeah. else something greater than yourself another human being to be like oh my goodness like cat like come come out of that yeah. like, no that's not the case you screwed up but that's okay mm -hmm. like you're human and you're screwing up. Yeah. Like, that's okay. Yeah. And I, I think I'm even getting ahead of myself with this, but the uh, the idea of reality checking. So mm -hmm. right there, what you just said is like, that's like speaking my stuff to somebody else and somebody else with a clear mind that can really have yeah. a 360 look at what's going on can say like, oh, actually you're living in a false reality over there. Exactly. So let's, exactly. let's check the facts here and let's actually go through what actually factually is telling us that you're a bad person or you're not good enough or you that you do not belong most of the time too we can come up with reasons but they're just our own judgments they're not exactly. real experiences that we have data of it's just our perception of the data mm -hmm. and remember like with any feeling with any feeling just because it's a feeling and i'm, I'm experiencing it it doesn't mean it's a fact right it's information for me and information is important, but it does not mean that it is a fact. Just because mm -hmm. I failed an exam, the if my toxic shame is telling me you are an idiot, you are so stupid. No, that's not that's not accurate. What it may mean is I had a really good time at that party last night and I didn't <laughs> study, or this is a very, very difficult class for me, but it doesn't mean you're dumb or stupid. It just means that you're a human being who either didn't make great choices in that moment. It may mean that's just not your thing. Um, it just means you may have had a bad day on the test. Like it could be a thousand things, but just because I'm feeling something, it isn't a fact. It, it's just mm -hmm. information and we just need to listen to it. That's yeah. it. Just listen to the feeling. Be curious about and, it. Yeah. Be curious. Hey guys, Kat here. And I have something very important to talk to you guys about. Now, I know you're used to hearing me talk about therapy and how important it can be for you and how transformative it can be for you in your life. But if you're somebody who's tried therapy and it just hasn't done the trick or you just need a little extra boost, I think I've found the next best thing. And the next best thing might just be Cozy Earth and their bamboo sheets and their bamboo pajamas. It feels like you are stepping into a buttery, cozy, warm, and cool hug all at the same time. And that's just their pajamas. Don't even get me started on their sheets. As soon as I touched them, I said, okay, we're changing the sheets right now. And the bonus is they come in this really cute travel tote so you can take your sheets with you wherever you go. Elevate your summer getaway with Cozy Earth's luxurious bedding and loungewear, ensuring the comfort of home wherever you roam. We're all in luck because you can discover your next destination for ultimate comfort at Cozy Earth. Visit CozyEarth.com and use our code UNEED at checkout to get 35% off. Yes, 35% off. And let them know that we sent you You Need Therapy after you check out. During the Right Rug Flooring Hello Summer Sale, you'll find savings throughout the store, all backed by the right price guarantee, including carpet with a lifetime stain warranty, only $159 installed with pad. 
That's right. 159 includes expert installation as soon as tomorrow. Visit rightrug.com, R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com to find a showroom near you or schedule a free in-home shopping appointment. Say hello to summer and save. Right Rug Flooring, right here, right now. Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. So how do you separate? Because in back in the day when there was just shame, there wasn't healthy shame and there wasn't toxic shame. In the beginning of this, it was just shame. It was really easy for us to separate shame and guilt. Shame was the feeling that I am bad and I am wrong. I am not good enough. And guilt was the feeling I did something bad. I did something wrong. Mm -hmm. And it really, it separated the human from the behavior. Do Mm -hmm. you have a way that you describe the difference between them now that is any different than that? I don't because I still think that stands the test of time. That guilt is a behavior thing. It lets me know I've acted. Again, there's that behavior that I've acted outside of my values, my ethics. And so because of that, because I've acted outside of my values or my ethics, I need to go make amends. I need to go Mm -hmm. seek reconciliation. Whereas shame, it still feels like it very much is an identity. It's a self thing, which is why most times when people are in toxic shame, it's an I am statement. Like I am again versus guilt is I did or like I've done something. It's great for people because I think that some people just combine them into like oh it's all sh- it's all toxic shame or, but like healthy shame guilt is just a really great great tool because for me mm-hmm. when I feel guilt about something I'm like I will say I can't believe I did that like I, I that's right. off or I can't believe I said that and that's good because that's telling me that I have a moral compass right exactly so yeah. I do think that's a really important thing for people to look at so they're not combining a behavior turning them into a horse horrible human. I mess up all yes. the time, all of the time. Yeah. And those are behaviors I continue to work on, but that doesn't mean that's who I am. Unless I don't have guilt about it, then I then I mean that's a whole other story. <laughs> if I do yeah. horrible things all the time and don't have guilt, that's not I mean I I'm just yes. glad that's not the case. If you move through your guilt and you are able to reconcile you know with somebody or even reconcile with yourself through something and make amends and you still can't shake it that's likely a cue that you've got some toxic shame there okay when it's just like man i can't and i've moved through this i've reconciled with that person why can't i move through this then there's likely some toxic shame there and we've got to work to like figure out like what that is and move through that. Going back to the beginning, we're going to focus on our culture because we're in our culture. We are a shame-based culture. It almost feels like it feels like that's right to say. Why do you think that is? I agree. I think it's just so much of like this belief system that we have in America. You know, I feel like we always hear that like term, like pull yourself up by your bootstraps, but it's Mm -hmm. also like, try harder, do more. It's not enough. Like it's just so performance based in the United States. And I think that toxic shame loves that. Mm -hmm. I think it loves performance stuff in our performance when I'm doing, 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 I'm doing, 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 because I'm scared if I don't do it, if I'm not enough, 
then again, I'm scared. You're going to pull connection. I won't be long. And so it's just like, oh man, we just keep going and going and going and we act like we've got it all together and social media does that and other forms of media does that our families our friends churches synagogues like workplaces you name it we like it it just feeds into it everywhere and so it's a huge cultural component and so that's a reason to offer yourself empathy you know, mm-hmm. like that's a reason in itself to be like, oh, yep, there, I did it again. How could I not? I'm, I'm surrounded by it. Mm-hmm. And so how can I offer myself some self-compassion in this moment and to be like, well, oh my gosh, yeah, it's it's everywhere. How could I not want to overperform and just yeah. achieve, achieve and do and do and do? So I feel like I've been talking about this in every podcast right lately is the you're describing the hustle culture of we got to do and perform and show. And I think that there is a wonderful and helpful part of hustling and working hard. Mm -hmm. And I think there's also a wonderful and healthy side of resting and accepting our limitations. And Mm -hmm. America doesn't, doesn't um, perpetuate both. It just perpetuates like almost like the American dream has turned into like, go, 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 do, 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 perform, 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 show up, show up, show up, look good, look good, look good. Mm -hmm. And so I think shame, what I'm hearing in a lot of what you're saying is shame fits so well in our culture, because we are in the midst of hustle culture. And we need to invite, but I like the hustle culture because how we get some of the things that we get done and I'm all for working hard, but I'm also all for that other flip side of we have limitations and sometimes we can't meet the deadline and sometimes we don't have the perfect outfit on. And sometimes that like, Mm -hmm. I mean, I could go on forever on that, but you said that's, that's a perfect time to offer in empathy. Why? I want you to talk about why is empathy and compassion so necessary when it comes to battling toxic shame? Because it's the anecdote to it. It is the complete opposite of it. Again, if I use that example of would I talk the same way that I'm talking to myself? Would I say that to my child? Would I say that to you? Would I say that to my best friend? Heck no. Mm-hmm. Like I wouldn't utter those words. That would be abusive. If, if we're really honest, the things that we say to ourselves in our toxic shame is downright abusive. And so if I can give Which that's, myself I want to pause you. Sorry, I want to pause you because yeah. no, yeah. that is important to say again, the things that we say in our toxic shame are straight up abusive. I don't mm-hmm. think I highlighted that well enough when you said it the first time earlier, because would you ever say that to somebody you love? No. Why? Because it is horrible. Mm-hmm. I think that is so important to just flat out like highlight toxic shame and is an abusive relationship with yourself. If we're really honest, when I do step into my humanness and I do say really hurtful things to my child, to my spouse, to my best friend, whoever it is, when I do say those hurtful things, I immediately go, whoa, mm-hmm. that's not okay. And I, in my guilt, in my healthy guilt, in my healthy shame, and it says, oh boy, we got to fix that. But again, we don't even yeah. do that with ourselves. Rarely yeah. do I go back to myself and say, oh, Cammy, the way that I spoke to you was abusive and that's not okay. The things that I have said about your body about Mm -hmm. you as a therapist, you as a mother, like that was so hurtful and abusive. 
that's powerful, right? If I if I go and reconcile that with my friend, mm -hmm. it means I likely need to do that with myself. Mm -hmm. I've got to make amends with me. Yeah. the things I've said to me. Yeah. And I think that people forget that you have a relationship with yourself. Like you aren't just like floating yeah. around discount. You have a relationship right. with yourself. And the other yeah. thing to add in there is, and I'm sure this is some quote probably reposted somewhere on Instagram, but you cannot hate yourself into loving yourself. Mm -hmm. And so the idea of what shame tells us is like, if we beat ourselves up enough we're going to like get our shit together and we're going to show up as like the people we should be and it's like actually no because then you just have a very wounded human inside of you screaming for help that you're not helping yeah yeah bah, bah. exactly and that's why empathy and self-compassion mm -hmm. are so valuable to mm -hmm. offer to ourselves if we're willing to just give it out so freely mm -hmm. to everybody else like oh man like if we can give a fraction just a fraction of it to ourselves mm -hmm. how much kinder we would be how much healthier in all realms we would mm be um i think we would have more fulfilling relationships all of that stuff how do you how do you do that though what is for somebody who's like what because we work yeah. in this so it feels like second nature what does empathy sound like and how would you encourage somebody to offer that what would they do to do that i think one of the easiest ways and I, this is such a a trick that all the good therapists love is to honestly talk to yourself like you would talk to a loved one. Mm -hmm. What would that sound like? If they are coming to you with the exact same issue, all the circumstances are exactly the same, what is it that you would say mm -hmm. to that loved one to that mm -hmm. particular issue that you're going through? And then when you hear and say, okay, well, I would likely tell Jen, da, 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 da. Then you offer that to yourself. Mm -hmm. Now, please understand this is none of this is going to be like a magic pill and it's just like, oof, shame is just going to disappear. Toxic shame is deeply rooted. And so it's, it's going to take time and willingness mm -hmm. and work to uproot those. But that's a starting point, you know, a starting mm -hmm. point. Another starting point is you've got to talk about it. Mm -hmm. You've got to talk about it with other people so they can start to to give you nuggets of empathy and nuggets mm -hmm. of compassion. And you're like, okay, well, if Catherine was able to let me know, like an example of we're exhausted of COVID at this point, we all are. And I am so tired. And in my mind, I'm freaking out. And I'm like, oh gosh, I'm so overly exhausted. Does this mean I have COVID? Does this mean my depression is back? Mm -hmm. And maybe I talk to you and you're like, Cammy, we're in month 10 of a pandemic with no, no information about when it's going to stop. And so maybe might you be tired because you're living in uncertainty for 10 months every single day. It's just uncertain. And just that I'm like, I can breathe mm -hmm. just a little bit in that it doesn't feel so stuck and heavy. And I'm like, okay, yeah, maybe, maybe that is the case. Maybe we, I have been at this for 10 months and I'm tired of masks and I'm tired of so much freaking hand sanitizer <laughs> and I'm tired of precautions and I'm still going to do it all. So all the haters don't have to write in. I'm going to do all the things. <laughs> but yeah, I am tired. That's my reality. I can 
offer myself compassion in my reality. Mm -hmm. My reality is, is that I am tired. I am. And maybe, maybe I do need to look into if I am depressed. Maybe I do need to see my doctor about that. Maybe I, maybe I do need to get tested for COVID, whatever it might be, but there's solutions. Toxic shame wants you to believe there's no solutions. You're just stuck in this and you have to just control, control, control to get out of Mm -hmm. it. And that's just not the case. That I think is a red flag marker. Toxic shame is something that makes you think there's no solutions. So if there is not a solution to the whatever you're feeling, unless you have a complete personality lobotomy or whatever, that is a red flag that you might be sitting in some toxic shame and you might need to offer yourself some empathy and some understanding. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. And also one thing that I do want to add in that, especially because we are in a pandemic, uh, like you're saying, is I want to make sure everybody knows that there's no limit to how much empathy. Mm. And I think that toxic shame also can send us the message that I don't deserve the empathy because other people are struggling more or I should just be able to get over this or I should pull myself up by my bootstraps that going back to what you said earlier Mm -hmm. and empathy is something that like, it is like a faucet that is never shut off. Like we can have as much as we want and um, you don't have to dice it out or ration it out and when we start to think that we have to that's when shame is winning that battle so I Mm -hmm. I think it's important for us to implant in our our beings that there's no limit to the amount of empathy we can offer ourselves and other people I hope everybody can receive that more than anything. Yeah. I hope people can receive that. Because haven't you heard that a lot in your office, just as people are struggling and they're like, I shouldn't feel this way because at least I still have my job or I still get to see, I still, yeah. I don't, at least I don't live alone or stuff like that. And it's like, okay, but yeah, you still have your job, but you're st- things are still happening. Yes. And we do that as humans. And I hate yeah. that we do it as humans. It's not just with COVID. We do it with Everything. like... I think I think Brene Brown or one of her friends or maybe Oprah who got on my nose, <laughs> but it wasn't me who said it. But it's like comparing Olympics, and it's just like there's no gold medal in suffering or silver yeah. or bronze. Like it's just like, well, what you're going through, it sounds painful, and wow, that's a lot. Mm-hmm. Regardless of whatever, if somebody's trauma or hardship or stress is different than yours, that's all that it is. It just means it's different. different. It's just different. It doesn't mean we don't have to like put this trauma or this stressor on a pedestal, not in a, not in a good way, put it on a pedestal, Mm -hmm. but like rank them. And you know, something that that made me think of just going back to days doing all group therapy every day, you would hear a lot. I would hear a lot of, of clients. I'd be like, why don't you ever talk in group? Like you never, and they're like, well, I feel bad talking about my trauma because so-and-so is going through this. And I was like, I would love for you to say that to her and see what would happen. And a lot of times they would. Mm -hmm. And that person who has the quote, bigger trauma would say, one, I don't want you to feel like that. But two, when you don't speak about your stuff, because because you think mine is so much worse, it makes me feel like mine is so much worse. And then I can't get over it. It's almost like mm-hmm. that's not they don't want that badge of honor. Right. A healthy human does not want to have the big, bad, worst trauma ever. And I think right. that somebody said it, I think, on the this podcast recently and now I'm blanking on who it is but basically in the sense that like trauma is all equal it's all equal trauma is trauma it's yeah. all equal there is no way to compare it 
And if I think that if we could catch ourselves doing that more there, we, we could cut out a lot of the shame that we battle. Yes. Oh my gosh. So much. Because that's what our shame tells us is we just don't talk about it. It's not that big of a deal when, well, it's a big deal to you. And so then it's likely a big deal to the people who care about you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. After talking about this for almost an hour now, but after talking about a lot of the parts of shame, the differences and toxic and healthy shame, where it comes from and, and how to help combat it, what do you want people to take from this? What do you want people to hear in what we've talked about? I think I want people to know and be able to really hear and receive as dark and as heavy as those messages that we live in, that we sit in, that we act out of, those messages of toxic shame. I just want people to know, like, you guys, there is hope. We do not have to live in that, that... It may feel so true to you, but I hope that you can hear us when we say that they are lies. Nothing about them is true. What you went through is true, and I believe mm-hmm. that. But some of those those toxic shame messages that you are wounded, or not wounded, but that you are flawed, and that you will never be able to get better, and that you're a burden, and you're not enough, or you're too much, any of those mm-hmm. things, like, that that's lies Mm -hmm. that is lies and that you can come out of that and there's there's hope in your friendships there's hope through therapy Mm -hmm. hello you need therapy (laughs) podcast there's hope in your faith there's hope in just so many places Mm -hmm. and so i hope that you can find freedom from those lies yeah because it doesn't have to be that way yeah well thank you i think this was a great conversation and something that is going to put some language on a lot of stuff that some of us are feeling so i i want to say thank Mm. you for being here thank you for being yourself thank you for helping my friends thank you (laughs) You are <laughs> you are welcome. Keep sending me your friends. I love them. They're fun. And again, I want to reiterate that if you heard Cami and were like, oh, she's got something that I, I want to know more about. Um, if you've connected with her, you can find her at alongsidehealing.com. Yep, I'm gonna work on that Instagram. Yeah, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna give her- you content. I'm gonna give the people, I'm gonna give the people content. <laughs> During the Right Rug Flooring Hello Summer Sale, you'll find savings throughout the store, all backed by the right price guarantee, including carpet with a lifetime stain warranty, only $159 installed with pad. That's right, $159 includes expert installation as soon as tomorrow. Visit rightrug.com, R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com to find a showroom near you or schedule a free in-home shopping appointment. Say hello to summer and save. Right Rug Flooring, right here, right now. Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. You wouldn't expect to hear that we're America's third best city for beer like this one. Or home to vibes like this. And this. It might surprise you that we're top 10 for immersive art that's like. Whoa. And. Not to mention, we have one of the top zoos in the country. So can a city with the country's best pro soccer team, ranking as a top culinary destination in the world, be in your own backyard? Yes, Columbus. Plan your summer at experiencecolumbus.com slash summer.